1: Hey, we're live. How are, how are you today? Good. How are you doing, Roxanne? Patricia, it's so nice to have my first guest on my first live. I'm sure you know what happened last week um, where my, uh, my guest was a little bit stuck. So, well, I have to tell you the preamble because I think this is the best way to introduce what we're going to talk about today about being authentic sure. online. So I'm going to tell you what just happened to Patricia and I, and this is going to be great for Patricia's business because we're going to all need this. So we're getting on melon, right? Melon is the app we're using Mm -hmm. and I'm not hearing her. So am I freaking out? Uh, absolutely. (laughs) But with Patricia's guidance, we were able to get up and uh, be able to speak to you today. So thanks again for tuning in, uh, with us. And, Patricia Urige, I'm gonna say, is a friend. Uh, we have met a couple of years ago. We're both professional speakers with um uh the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, and she's a learning and development specialist. So Patricia uh just released a book, and for you know, I want you to check out this book. I just got it on Amazon. Oh my goodness. And it's one of those things that I realize I'm gonna to have to keep right next to my computer to be able to pick up as a quick tip uh, um, based on speaking on training or just getting ready to go on a call. Uh, So Patricia, thanks for coming in today and spending the time with us um, on chat with
0: Roxanne. Thank you, Roxanne. I appreciate the invite. It's uh, such an exciting week launching my very first book, uh, the online shift, and it is packed with pro tips, as you, as you mentioned, and I'm really excited to be here just to talk about being online and being authentic. Thanks awesome. for inviting me.
1: So let's talk a little bit about, you know, how does one become a learning and development specialist? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not something... I was actually talking to a, a friend from Trinidad just before I got online. <laughs> Him and I were talking about kind of what he does, and he's a leadership development uh, trainer. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, I'm a keynote speaker. When I we went to school, these positions didn't exist back then.
0: No, no. Um- You know, I'm coming from 20 years, a lot of it was working in the nonprofit sector, different program management, development, leadership, but a lot of what I was doing was workplace training and learning and community education. And I just really loved that. I I started with um, a BA in psychology and and got into the sector of uh, community services and helping services, but then went back to school for a master of adult education. Because what I really loved doing, and I think is what is the basis of everything, communication, you know, workplace, if you're leading a team or, or even sharing what services you offer, it all comes down to education and learning and be able to communicate that really well and, and work with the audience to turn them into participants is what I've been very passionate about. So that's part of what led me here. Um, and then the last five years, um, building regear educational services and the last two years when edu- everyone had to shift online i was just constantly helping everybody make that shift and giving pro tips and tutorials um so that's how the the book came about and and that learning and development specialist in me is just sort of a lifelong journey
1: <laughs> so you're the consummate teacher and i could tell you that <laughs> in many a pinch. Uh, Patricia has helped me out uh, when I did my very first um, online training with um, Harvard Business School. (laughs) She was in the background and this was at the beginning of the pandemic and um, there was a lot of glitches but of course because she was uh, there with my team we were able to get through it. So let's talk about, you know I talk about Authenticity. I talk about, you know, kind of the relate to return on relationship, which is the new book that's about to come out in the next um, four to six weeks. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what it takes to be authentic online, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's face facts. Most of us don't want to get in front of a camera, nor do we want to kind of think, oh, how, how do I look? I'm thinking about, yes. oh, how's my hair? All that stuff. Yes. And then I got to think about the content that I'm going to talk about. So when you, and when you kind of Think about authenticity from your frame as a uh, learning and development specialist. What does it mean to be authentic in in that space and be online?
0: Hmm. Thank you for asking that, Roxanne. Yeah, you're right. A lot goes into getting prepared and we're not always thinking about the connection with people. Uh, One of the the first things I had to train myself when I started creating YouTube videos and I actually put googly eyes on both sides of my camera for people (laughs) to feel like, like you're actually talking to them and you see them, you have to look into the camera, which is a big switch from looking Mm -hmm. at each other in person. Uh, So there is some training ourselves uh, to how we can connect online, how people feel like they're connecting with us. But being authentic is that genuine wanting to hear what and understand what people are going through, what they feel. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. thinking about that learning experience journey before, during, and after that, you know, they have the link, they feel supported, that people know that you're there, not just to be talked at, but to that you really care and want to connect. And we have to be quite intentional with how we design our learning spaces, but really just come at it first and foremost first and foremost with mm-hmm. that authentic, genuine, we want to connect, want people to feel safe um, and, and feel heard and that we care um, in this space. Of course.
1: So we're talking about really um the concept of um, psychological safety right like to some degree that's the space that I'm in when I'm training uh, leaders to kind of get to that space within themselves to to understand you know if you're if people are feeling unsteady, which is, I and I just started, to, I just got Patricia's book and I just started to read through it. And she talked a little bit about some of the little things that we wouldn't even think about, right? Like, you know, sending a link to the platform they're going to be using ahead of time, just because, you know, the assumption is oftentimes that if we are online, you know what being online is, but most people don't know. So something as simple as that, sending that out ahead of time. I just recently, um, interviewed someone, um, that works with introverts in leadership Mm -hmm. and, you know, he said, you know, here's the extroverts. They fly in, they don't think about the agenda and the introvert. And then the, you know, the person that's running the meeting says, uh, here's the agenda. And this Mm -hmm. is the first time the introverts are locking and loading on the agenda. And then of course, what does the extroverts, do? you know, they, they kind of go with the flow and they, they kind of pipe up and they give the perspectives and the perception based on the lack of agenda is that they're not invested. And it's not that they're not invested. It's how they collate information accordingly to anticipate what's coming, um, you know, from, um, from, from the space. Right. So again, if, if someone is not aware what's coming, then what happens is that they're they're kind of distracted or they feel negated, you know, and not that right. the person running the meeting isn't, but they feel a bit negated and they don't respond. And then what happens is the leader thinks, here's someone that doesn't have buy-in. Yes. And in fact, they may have equally as much buy-in. So something as simple as sending agenda ahead mm-hmm. of time when you know kind of your team on the platform allows the people that process information bit uh, differently to take it in so that they could kind of ingest and, and then in turn add value. So that's a like a good little tip that mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about because I'm on the extraverted lane. Um, but again, you, I can't t- just think about myself. I have to think about everybody that I'm speaking to.
0: Right everyone likes to receive information differently um what lights them up is different and what makes them feel safe and connected is different too so thinking about that people feel prepared and uh, feel supported. So uh, I often recommend when people come into a space to go through the navigational pieces, because we can't assume that everyone has been on that Mm -hmm. platform or they know the new features. Um, And it's a little quick way to make sure that people can Interact and um, and feel included and feel that they belong and not feel silly or dumb that they don't know something. And sometimes people are coming in from different avenues and they might not have that green checkmark option. So I often recommend too giving alternate options. You know, come on mic or type in chat um, or use your reactions if you you know you have them and activate closed captioning, like all the different things. Um, communicating that that everyone that what they need trying to cover it as much as possible
1: and ultimately you're talking about connection in a different way right so often you know be prior to the pandemic um you know patricia and i would drive to toronto to our meeting, so we had the opportunity in the car to kind of connect and then all of a sudden boom you know march 2020 happens and we're all of a sudden not seeing each other on on you know until it's like 2d and it it's it felt contrived, it felt limiting and all those things. So every everybody in the world was going that through that. And then people that had to, you know, communicate be a family even. That's that was the most funniest ones for my myself with my family and trying to talk to everybody online. But even going into teams and having to all of a sudden leaders that maybe potentially weren't good communicators to begin with, now then had to go off and start to use this kind of format. And of course there was a lot of stumbling and, and, and bumbling for people to get through meetings. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So let's talk a little bit about, um, what are some of the things that you see most people have problems at being on camera? Like you just said to me here, Roxanne, you're not in the middle. And I didn't even think about that. Right. Like, so again, something as, and she said to me, and I'm being very frank hey Roxanne, you need to be a little bit more in the middle, move down your camera. I'm like, Oh, okay, Patricia. Thank you. What are some of the other things that people can really kind of think of as, and these may seem basic, but they're not basic as I'm sharing with you, what Patricia just shared with me.
0: Right. I mean, and some things, don't matter as much as other things. Um, You know, those are things that might be behind the camera that, you know, we have those conversations when we're in that space. Some people might not want to have their camera on. And that happens quite often, depending on the culture of a group, certain organizations, that's what they're used to. And there might be other reasons too, during, there are different times during the last two years where kids might be running in the background. So we have virtual backgrounds or the camera's off and to respect that invite people to be on camera, create experiences where they want to be on camera, that they feel safe. But if we're recording that can impact how people feel as well. Um, zoom has a new option with avatars that are kind of fun. Like there's different things you have to know your group or get to know them, um, Mm -hmm. and create different spaces, but always that people can feel safe to do, you know, on camera, off camera, um, and just get to know what they need as well.
1: Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, I think of uh, environments where there is a a decreased level of trust, Mm. and then you have to go to the 2D format of, of camera. And we're not seeing each other where we can greet the nuances of nonverbal kind of cues. And we got this, right? So that takes a lot for us to really, um, focus in and are there things that we can do to let people know, like you talked about the googly eyes, I like that, I should probably consider that. What other little things might people do that think, oh, I have to go on camera because I got to present on that report and darn it, I don't want to do it. What are some things they could do to maybe (laughs) help themselves relax or focus to be able to to be on camera?
0: Well, when it comes to being on camera, especially at the beginning when people had to, to shift online, the only way we can get more comfortable sometimes is just by doing it we have to walk through that being uncomfortable Mm
1: -hmm. just like
0: live streaming is a different element than recording um Mm -hmm. and the only way we can get more comfortable and stumble through the things that we need to learn is by doing it and walking Mm -hmm. through that but if people are off camera there's different ways we can still engage whether it's the chat or coming on mic or the reactions and giving Regular opportunities to respond, so we might not be seeing everyone nod their head, but they could be doing all the thumbs up, um, and it's just little touch points that if we regularly give those opportunities, we can, you know, try to create more connections and and make it meaningful too.
1: Mm-hmm just make it as meaningful as possible. And sometimes it's, it's just share work that you have to get through a meeting or whatever. So anything that you can do to make people feel a bit more comfortable, that's important. Sending agendas ahead of time. Um, Maybe starting with an icebreaker. Let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because I know in your book, which I didn't get through yet, um, you were talking a little bit about icebreakers. So generally when you know sometimes business meetings you don't start with an icebreaker but i think with zoom meetings in, in a way it, it kind of means that you know short of um setting the context for the meeting it could be something lighter because generally when you see people in a meeting i might say hey patricia how was that launch last week right um right, right. but it might be kind of hard to jump into it if we don't have kind of mm-hmm. um something going on so what might be a, a like a something like a good example of a of nice breaker
0: mm-hmm. You're right. That beginning part is really important. We never used to, when we were offline, uh, you know, in person in that way, we didn't leave people outside the door and, and open it just at the, the start of a meeting or a learning experience. So that's one of the things I'm very aware of too, to even before an icebreaker, um, to be either sending messages into the waiting room or open it up a little bit early, be ready to ask a, a warm up question one um, we just used with the client yesterday was, uh, you know, what does changing seasons mean to you as we enter into spring? Or what are you looking forward to? You can ask gentle questions, start get, and navigate people of, of mm-hmm. how they can type in chat or come on mic or camera, but we are missing that chit chat, which warms people up. Um, mm-hmm. And we have to be very intentional to ask a question. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be mm-hmm. a simple, it doesn't always have to be a tech activity. Uh, to just really icebreakers are warm-ups are, you know, getting people comfortable with each other, starting the conversation. uh, And it's really important to think about all those steps right at the beginning, because Mm -hmm. we're setting the stage for how comfortable people feel to interact and engage with the rest of our content.
1: You know, another thing that I um, heard is a good thing to ask, and it could be a good icebreaker is, To say to people, what were you doing just before you had to get into Zoom mode? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's an interesting. Well, I just—I was was saying to my kids, here's two sandwiches. Be quiet, and because mom's about to go online or something. It was actually, and you know what? It brought a levity because you know how nice that you know (laughs) Dad saying, okay, we're putting in front of the screen. I know we're over time. (laughs) Yeah. However, you're getting ten minutes, and then I'm gonna check with you again. That type of thing. So it really, I think, what it sounds like it replaces uh, a and Tell me if that makes sense. I would think of when I was in corporate and we'd all know we were going into a meeting and everybody would either go get their tea or their coffee or a glass of water right. or whatever. And so we'd all kind of collide in with each other before going into the meeting. And it might, you know, That's we great. might have a little bit of a, you know, exchange there. We don't have those opportunities again to connect. So these little things allows The person to know, I want to know just what kind of what's going on in your world, even though we have to go into business
0: mode for another, say, 60 minutes or something like that. Exactly. Giving those opportunities to actually connect and have that collaborative experience instead of, you know, when it it is a meeting, if they're presentations or it's webinar style, it can be very passive and it's just being talked at. Um, And we need to definitely be very intentional in all a range of interactions online that we try to connect.
1: Yeah, for sure. So what we're trying to do is say to people, be yourself, but be yourself in a format. So from you and I, we've been, um, you know, had to adjust how we do business and we've had to be online. Mm-hmm. And I think of myself, you know, um, I do these podcasts all the time, but they're but they're live now. And it adds you're right. It adds that additional element of, mm-hmm. you know, okay, now if I if I say something that I can't really raise, that's a reality. And there's a bit of pressure, but then you think, well, what's the worst can happen? Right. Like I right. mean right. hopefully people would understand that it's live. Mm-hmm. So so just trying to be yourself, figuring out what it takes to calm
0: mm-hmm. prior to
1: going on camera. Um, what about the concept of Camera versus on versus off. How, mm-hmm. how, how do you find that most people kind of decide or decipher what's best if, if they're having to run a meeting?
0: Well, definitely facilitators and speakers that were used to being in person really like to have cameras off. That's how they feel. They want to get the pulse of how people are, are uh, engaging with the content and the experience. But there are certain groups that ha, are more camera off. So I think we have to be, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with that and create those opportunities of touch points with, with reactions in chat. Come on, Mike, and mm-hmm. there, find other ways to get the the what used to be visual cues with the other types of cues um, as well as is one way and being comfortable to with the silence. Sometimes pausing Mm -hmm. when we ask a question to not try to fill up the space online, because we tend to do that a lot of times we're uncomfortable with silence. And I, you know, sometimes we jokingly have, um, you know, a sound effect, but not everybody's not going to have, uh, you know, a sound effect to kind of break the ice and, and laugh about it. When you ask a question, there's nothing, but, um, you know, you can just say, I'm going to intentionally give you a moment to think and uh, take, you know, a sip of water, um, but give those spaces so that people can enter in uh, because they might be thinking about a response.
1: Mm -hmm. So lots of little things that you can, you can think about um, that. Just knowing your personality, kind of knowing um, where if it's the first time, knowing that um, it's a it's a maybe a team presentation, if it's a difficult situation um, or it's a let's say it's it's a team that's not functioning so well, there's going to be variances. What might a leader, if a leader is kind of may, maybe having to run these meetings, are there things that you think you? Sh- setting, like you said, there's certain things we talked about already. Are there other things that they maybe should be considering doing to prep themselves if they're, if they're uncomfortable already with the content they're presenting? Maybe it's a, maybe there's a little bit of dissension within the team. Mm -hmm. Is there some things they might want to consider as well?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, getting to know the platform you're using and all the tools that are available is part of that process of getting ready as a leader online, working with a team, having someone else help with that too, so that you can focus on the content, but even more importantly, on the participants. I talk a lot about turning an audience into participants. So it's that uh, interactive, collaborative space. But part of it too, is stretching that comfort zone a little bit. Uh, Being okay with trying something, whether it's an icebreaker activity, or trying a new tool that may not be perfect. And that's okay, because sometimes, people resist trying something because they want to be perfect. And then they're not actually dry, you know, using all the tools available. One of the quotes in the book is we don't have to be perfect. We just have to do something we've never done before. Um, mm. and, you know, and even, you know, with live streaming, it's okay. Um, that, you know, it's not going to be perfect for a while and that's okay. We're still putting ourselves out in a different way. There's some uh, magical, thing when it comes to live and not pre-recorded, um, and, and going with the organic conversation, it's not scripted. It's just, that's okay, uh, to, to really try to connect in a genuine way.
1: So there's so many things that um, I think, you know, we've now, um, I think we've had to embrace being online, you know, and it was kind of the thing you saw, like people had to do once in a while. Um, where do you think um, online learning, training, meetings, hybrid? Where do you work? Based on all the work that you've been doing there, what are you seeing? That, that's been the evolution two years in with um, these platforms.
0: Well, at the beginning, it was helping people get comfortable to be online, to understand the platforms, to feel comfortable and safe and be able to connect. Uh, a lot of people have, have grown through that and are a lot more comfortable, but mm-hmm. technology is ever changing. And there's always a new aspect so that we to facilitate more engagement um, and to be open and ready to keep learning, be okay with the ongoing learning curve but um, use it as a great opportunity. There's going to be time and space where online is, you know, the perfect fit. Other times it's great that we'll be, you know, offline and, and in person in that way. Um, and that's really good too. So I think we can have the best of both worlds. And if we are going to hybrid with a blended audience, we def- that takes a lot more intention. That's the, mm-hmm. the next shift. Um, So we don't forget the online audience um, and make sure that we intentionally give opportunities for both groups to interact with each other um, and everyone feel that they belong.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, uh, I'll never forget. And when I worked in corporate, I went um, virtual at home, like, like in 2005. That's how, because they, we basically had, um, the shift from you don't have to be in person all the time. You can be at home. And I remember, I'll never forget, I went to Toronto to the corporate office. And, and so here I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do this in person because I need it for me yeah. <laughs> or, you know, and then they said to me, well, you, so I go up to the meeting room. I'll never forget. And they said, well, nobody's here. And I said, what? What do you mean nobody's here? So I had to then go down to my office and call in and right. talk about, you know, and at the times I was in the room, the noise level in the room compared to what people were seeing that we're hearing online, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody started to talk amongst themselves, right? And then the people online, all they could hear was these 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 voices. So all these little things that years ago we hadn't thought through, and now we have to, like you said, if if you're presenting online. It's one thing that's one flat level, which hopefully we've kind of, we're still learning on there. But then if you're presenting in person, plus you have people east to west coast, maybe potentially calling in and you're the, you're the person facilitating this, the training, the meeting, how are you going to meander between both to ensure that everybody has a voice? Everybody feels equally as important Mm -hmm. and you as the facilitator knows what, what the expectations are of you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know what's that's that, I think that's a new that's going to be a new skill where a lot of people are going to need help with as mm-hmm. we go.
0: It what you mentioned it all comes down to expectations and clear clarifying the communication. So when we were doing conference calls and couldn't see people, it was really helpful for people to come on unmute and say who they were, say their mm-hmm. name before they started speaking. Just like online too, if we're doing a round table, which is another one of those icebreaker warm up uh, times that can be very important if you're with a group for, uh, you know, a series for each person to have an opportunity to speak for a moment, uh, for someone to say the next person's name, so you're not all just sitting there. Who's mm-hmm. going to, you know, talk next? Because when we're around a physical table, you go, you know, in order, and everyone knows the expectation that the next person speaks. So mm-hmm. when we're shifting to different contexts, we just have to communicate different things so that people know what to expect. It, it's, it's more efficient with the time. Um, and then it does make people feel a little bit more comfortable, too, that they're not just sitting there wondering, you know, how they fit and what do they need to do and, and when to do it.
1: So lots, lots more work for you as we go on. Patricia, this has been amazing. Um, I know uh, that we've put in the chat uh, where people can get the book, but please, for any anybody that's, either you're somebody that thinks, I just want to get better figuring out how to be online or if I'm part of a um, you know, a leadership team or people just wanting to learn some of these things that I know that you have a lot in the book, but also you that you do actual consultation as well. Mm-hmm. Tell people where they can uh, reach you and, and, um, you know, in what ways you can help.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Roxanne. Regiereducation.com is my website. Um, you can definitely connect with me, uh, book a consultation. I work with, uh, you know, variety of different services um, we offer but you can also in addition to the the book uh, there's the e-copy that's on a special price right now um, the physical copy is fantastic i created it so it's like pick your own adventure you can jump around and and just pick a couple things to work on but i also create um youtube videos and blogs and articles once a week So there's tips and tutorials there as well. And that's on my YouTube channel, Patricia Regier. So I welcome people to check out the information in a variety of different ways and connect and let me know what, uh, what you're interested in talking about.
1: Again, thank you and congratulations on on the new book. That's amazing. So what am I taking away? I'm taking away that when I think about being authentic that's kind of scary sometimes if it's a new platform. So take the time, um, you know, educate yourself, take your pulse kind of, you know, kind of how stressed am I? <laughs> what do I need to do to come back into my body or whatever before I go on camera and I have to keep that camera on. Mm-hmm. So for people listening that are wanting to know more about how do I, you know, how do I understand my authenticity? Um, we have put into the the link as well. Um, As you know, I said, my new book, ROR, Return on Relationships, Mm -hmm. is coming out um, the end of this month, beginning of May. Um, But before that, if you want to know how authentic you are in relationships, um, you you can check out the link, roxanderhodge.com forward slash quiz, and it'll give you the options. If you're looking just to know um, how am I at home or how am I at work, it'll kind of, you'll go through a bit of an assessment, it'll send you the results. And uh, so take the time. It's just a couple minutes and it gives you some information again, Patricia. Thanks so much for your time for everybody. We survived week number two uh, without too many glitches. So look forward to seeing you again uh, next Thursday at 11. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Thank okay. you. everyone. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.
0: Bye. Bye.